Welcome to Busy House Happy Home, where you can ask Charlie your home dilemmas and I will help you along with my expert friends so your busy house becomes a happy home. Welcome to Busy House Happy Home. I am so excited to have Lucinda Miller on the podcast today. Lucinda has she's just a font of all knowledge she's the most incredible person she has a website called naturedoc.com and I first discovered her on Instagram years ago and have bought her book which has become a bible I actually have it next to me now it's called the good stuff and it is packed full of goodness and good stuff and amazing inspo and I just knew that Lucinda and I were on the same wavelength so I'm so excited to be um, having this conversation with her today. Lucinda welcome. Charlie it's fabulous to be here thank you so much for inviting me on to your podcast. Uh, You're welcome Lucinda will you give our listeners a little bit of a background about you and how you have got into doing what you're doing because it's quite a fascinating story. Yeah, well, you know, I was just, you know, a normal teenager, young person, you know, went to university, was working, but I spent a lot of time asleep. You know, I spent a lot of time having to have naps. I had quite a lot of gut issues, imbalanced hormones, things like that. And I just wasn't my real vibrant self. And, you know, I even went to, you know, the the work GP and they did bloods and they said, you're absolutely fine. And I just thought, I can't carry on like this. And someone said, you must see a naturopath. Um, so she said, you must see this naturopath. So I went to see this wonderful naturopath in Chiswick. And literally she just said, change your diet like this, take a couple of these pills. You know, one was to help with my liver. I think one was to help with my blood sugar. And literally within 10 days, I just felt fabulous. I had all my energy back. I was able to, you know, have a great working life, also a great social life, you know, just pack everything in. And so I decided as a hobby to train as a naturopath. So I did it at the weekends and the evenings, things like that. And then sort of it, you know, it just sort of evolved. And then I thought, well, actually, this is what I've always wanted to do. And this is what I really want to do going forward. And it happened to coincide with me having my first baby. So it was a sort of natural change, I guess, in careers from doing what I did before working in the city to then being able to sort of, you know, do little bits and pieces whilst he was little and I ended up having three babies. Um, and so I always had, I had a baby at home for about 11 years. Um, and it was so I sort of, you know, did about yes two days a week, you know, found some childcare or, you know, did lots of work in the evenings. And I kind of sort of bodged it. And finally, my little one was in reception and he started on the Thursday. And I got I was very, very interested in the whole sort of neurodiversity kind of side of things and how children's brains worked and the connection between the gut and the brain and nutrition and the brain. And I was talking at this autism conference and I just got completely booked out. I mean, I literally had this queue of people and they all wanted to see me. So I didn't breathe for six months, having thought I was going to have a lovely first term of you know, seeing some girlfriends, playing a bit of tennis, you know, just building the business up slowly. It just went straight into sixth gear. Wow. And it just hasn't stopped ever since. And then about six years ago, my husband said, I think we should turn this into something a bit bigger. And I was like, well, you know, I can't really do any more. I'm so stretched. He goes, well, I'm going to help you. 
And so we sort of made some plans and I said, I want to write a book. And he goes, well, if you write a book, you've got to have a team because, you know, you've, you've got such a long waiting list anyway. You know how, you know, you know there's no point writing a book because otherwise it'll just go crazy. Um, so we built in a lovely team of wonderful nature docs who are just absolutely, you know, that 24 amazing women who I just adore. We all get on so well. We all look after each other. I mentor them. And they all are amazing at supporting families, essentially. So we look after women's health and hormones. Seen a lot of men recently, you know, with sort of things like long COVID and, you know, cardiac issues and gut issues, but mainly kids. So mainly pediatrics, that sort of passion for the, you know, neurodivergent brain and, you know, all about um, how to help teenage mental health and so forth is a really big part of what we do. And then, you know, I thought, you know that's all great and then suddenly I got approached by this publisher it was just out of the blue so you know you manifest these things and it happened and so that's where the good stuff came along in 2018 wow. and it's Amazon's and children's cookbook number one seller it's still doing really well it's yeah. doing so well and it, it's a phenomenal book you should be seriously proud of it I mean I've just got it open at one page here and it says the good stuff mantra Home cooked is best. Avoid processed food. Introduce more fruit and veg. Make it tasty. Variety sows the seed for a healthier life. I mean, and that's just one tiny, tiny little snippet of this book packed full of good stuff. It's amazing, Lucinda. It's really, really, you should be so proud of it because we are what are we sweet. eat. And I think, you know, feeding our children sugary things processed food fizzy drinks you can't expect them to be the best version of themselves if they are putting into their body all this stuff that that's not good and not healthy and it's about encouraging a really good balance I I believe it's really really hard these days so when we were growing up and I know I'm a lot older than you so maybe things are a little different for you but when we were growing up you know, yes, of course, we had the delights of Angel Delight or, you know, a bit of, you know, snap, crackle and pop or whatever for breakfast. You know, there were definitely ultra processed foods then. But still, our parents, our mums had to cook a lot from scratch because there just weren't things available. If there were, they weren't that nice. Yeah, um, my mother cooked but, everything from scratch. Mm -hmm, exactly. So that's, you know, and, and, and so it was probably 10, 20 percent of our diets. You know, there were just times when you'd have a bit, but it's just gone out of control over the last 20 years. Yeah. And England or Britain is worse, probably, than most other countries. I say, obviously, the US is the ultimate because everything's super highly processed and there are less laws. So there's everything's got more pesticides and whatever on it than they would in Europe. But, um, you know, I think if you go to France or anywhere on the continent, of course, there are lots of processed foods, but the packaging is not that nice. It's all quite bright and kind of crackly um sort of packets and things like that you know you just it does look sort of cheap and not that great because over here you know the packaging has become so beautiful um you know like those fruit sort of um what are they called They're almost like laces that kids eat you know the, oh, you yes. know, the, the yes. like the bears yes 
Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, those beautiful cardboard packaging, everything just looks so natural and so amazing. And they're not the worst thing in the world. There are a couple of natural flavorings, which are not, they're actually ultra processed ingredients, but no one knows about it because it says natural flavorings. So they do have some ultra processing in them. And obviously the way they can make them so they're absolutely perfectly the same every single time. Again, it's an ultra processing. They're not the worst in the world, but you know, our packaging makes everything look so beautiful and, and everyone just loves these buzzwords, you know, whether it's vegan or gluten-free or, you know, and so, and, and so, and this is the problem is it's so enticing. We're told we don't have time to cook. We're told we don't have time to do this. We don't have time to do that. And the few times that I end up getting, I don't know, a frozen meal, um, it still takes 35, 40 minutes because you've got to heat up the oven and then yeah. you've got to put it in. And yes, you don't have the washing up. Great. But actually, I don't think it's that helpful. Um, whereas actually, you know, I could cook up something just as yummy in 12, 15, 20 minutes. So yeah. I just don't, yeah. you know, yes, I'd have to do the washing up. That yes. would be the thing that would take up more time. But that's it. And, and, and I think we're cheap, all sort it's of cheaper to cook your own as well. So much cheaper because you end up with extra two or three portions. So that's lunch for the next day or going in the freezer and and. I think, I mean, I think that all of us are doing our best, but it's just because it's so easy. It's in every petrol station, every corner shop, you know, even little waitrose, you know, you go on the, you know, in the petrol stations, you know, it used to have quite a lot of different sort of salads and dips and olives and things. You go in now, there's one sort of limp salad and the rest is all crisps and fizzy drinks. So, you know, I know that's what people want and it's what makes sales, but it's not what's going to help our our nation's health and you know all of these things are linked with so many big issues so there was a big documentary on panorama recently about it and you know high high risks for things like cancer and obesity and so forth but i think also with in terms of children because as you, as i said i'm passionate about child development you know ultra processed foods have been identified as something that's going to affect kids locomotor skills so their ability to hop and jump and skip and those things are so important for your neurodevelopment. They help you to learn. They help your brain to make those neural connections, which will help you to do concentrate and focus and, and learn later on down the line. So these things are really important to have. So if you've got ultra-processed foods in the system, then you're going to be less likely to develop those. And obviously there's less sport going on. I mean, you know, I think us as parents make a really big effort for our kids to be out and about, whether they're running around in the garden or going to playgrounds or school sport. But there's still, you know, that um, so that they are exercising. It's just more these ultra processed foods are affecting. And, you know, it's leading to um, I mean, the research is still emerging in terms of children. So it's all quite new. But there's been a link with consumption of ultra processed foods and some of the neurodiversity increase. Not so much the reasons why people you know, have a neurodivergent brain because there's probably genetics involved. Um, but it's more why more why kids need so many more kids need special educational needs why there's these massive queues and difficulties getting into schools and why you know some of the schools I look after over 50 percent need some sort of you know extra special support for dyslexia or dyspraxia or ADD or whatever it might be and you think gosh you know yeah. and yeah. could this be and it's because the ultra processed foods are essentially not very nutrient dense so they use a lot of cheap 
often, you know, cheap ingredients that make them look amazing and taste amazing, but they're mainly starches and some seed oils and things like that, which are not highly nutritious. Whereas the foods that we would give them at home, if we we're making them a lunch, would probably have some protein, some zinc, some iron, some omega-3, et cetera, which would be really good for nourishing the brain. So these things are missing these things. So not only are they missing them, but they're also displacing the food that would have those foods in them because obviously they're full so you know kids they snack 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 and they oh I don't want lunch anymore well they have two or three mouthfuls yeah 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 it it is fascinating it's really fascinating and I have recently read your article about um Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and hypermobility and that was fascinating I actually forwarded it to my husband to read um because I thought that it would be beneficial (laughs) for him because I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and the children do as well. And I didn't realize the connection between um, neuro- neurodiversity and Ehlers-Danlos possibly. Um, I, I had sort of no, no knowledge of that. So that was really interesting to read about. Yes. So um, there's an amazing researcher at the University of Sussex called Dr. Jessica Eccles. And she's done, she's published quite a number of papers looking at the links between hypermobility, so hyperflexive joints, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which are basically where there's, you know, collagen is being made differently around the joints, but also in the, in, uh, along all the organs, but also potentially we have collagen in the brain too, you know, so there are connections there. And so she's looking at the connections between having hypermobility and, um, chronic fatigue, um, obviously pain and you know dislocations and so forth, but also anxiety and also dyslexia, dyspraxia, ADD, etc. Um, and almost all the kids that we see in our clinic that come that you know have some sort of neurodivergent diagnosis will have some kind of hypermobility, whether it's just hyperflexive thumbs or you know, you can just see that they don't they often don't have that strength. Even some of the really sporty ADHD kids, you know, you think, wow, you know, the the thing that they really shine in is their football or whatever. There's still, you can see some hypermobility there. Um, and obviously there are real benefits to hypermobility. You know, the gymnastics, the yoga, the all of that can be amazing. And um, I do think there's quite a lot of flexibility of mind too, you know, because you've got yeah. this. But I, and you know, that's why someone like yourself, because if I'm getting this right, I hope this is right, is that you said um, you were dyslexic and you've also got Alistair So you've got this hypermobility and the dyslexia together, but you've also been able to create this incredible platform of lots of different, you know, the, you've got the recipes, you've got the household tips, you've got the, you know, you've got so many, the fashion, you've got, you know, you've got that flexibility of mind. So I think it really helps in lots of ways, you know, because I always think we look at the negatives. Yeah, but you had definitely. a pretty hard time. You had a pretty hard time with your joints and things, didn't you? When you yeah, were I've had a really hard time with it. Um, I wasn't diagnosed um, with dyslexia until I was 15. And I would say I am severely dyslexic. I mean, really bad. (laughs) And I was just told (laughs) I was stupid. And then I, I mean, I knew that I was pretty flexible. I did gymnastics. I did ballet. I rode horses. Um, I was, I was very active, but I had awful pain that they couldn't, they couldn't pinpoint. And I wasn't diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos until I was 20. 
so I'd gone quite a long time um, struggling with it and then nobody I was diagnosed by Professor Rodney Graham and he's quite Mm. old-fashioned and quite um not really a people's person I was sort of just given a diagnosis and sent away and suggested that maybe Pilates might be a good idea but it wasn't until years 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 later that I found out a lot more about it and understood a lot more about it and how I could improve things drastically actually for myself yeah and I mean can I ask you a question do you do you ever get hay fever really badly do you have have you had periods of chronic fatigue have you had periods of time where you've been very awful yeah Yeah. exactly they all tie in together and they thought that I had fibromyalgia I had glandular fever when I was doing my GCSEs I um had lots of tonsillitis lots of chronic fatigue um it yeah it's it has been a big battle yeah so yeah I mean look at you shine now you are amazing but I think that um so no one knows the exact pathways and the exact connections between all of this but Jessica Eccles has found and her team have found that about twice as many people with neurodiversity have this hypermobility, this allostanos, this more kind of more prone to the fibromyalgias, the chronic fatigues, the immune immune system challenges than sort of neurotypical people. So and no one really, as I said, um, you know, it, it, it's emerging this research. But what I do, because I'm quite a flexible brain as well, is I think how you know, we see so many people who come of their pain issue or their fatigue issues, but we always ask about the hypermobility and it's almost without a shadow of a doubt they have it too. Or, and then we work on those inflammatory pathways because, as I said, it's almost like because you don't have enough or the right, not even the right, but, you know, a different type of collagen yeah. that's connecting your body together everything's just a bit weaker so everything connects slightly differently so either the connections in the brain the connections in the joints the connections so even you know bowels can be very sluggish obviously really very constipated um people and so they find that you know all just everything's a bit more sluggish so there are things that can really help to sort of nourish that collagen and also to just help with that inflammation so it's not about anything more than just helping to manage things a bit better because I think historically it's all been about physical therapies it's seeing a physiotherapist or whoever it is to or even braces or whatever to help with these to manage the pain but what's great is I guess when you tie together the sort of nutrition knowledge on inflammation and knowing a bit more about the pathway or as I said you know the histamine pathways so when there's hay fever and there's elastan loss and so forth you're thinking maybe if we work on those histamine pathways that's going to dial down at least some of the inflammation so that's where we go towards foods like things like apples red onions red peppers and pea shoots and these all help to dial down those histamine pathways you can get supplements there's something called quercetin which is in all of those foods you can get a quercetin supplement and so often that can really help just not just with the hay fever but also with the aches and pains and um, we found it incredibly invaluable during COVID. It was just one of those ones when no one could breathe because it's very good for a sort of acute and chronic lung inflammation as well. So it's a really good natural anti-inflammatory. And then you've got, you know, things like, I think everyone's heard of turmeric now, you know, and the importance yes. of 
it being an anti-inflammatory and turmeric is just great. You can have a turmeric latte, you can make curries and turmeric is really easy to incorporate into a diet. And again, you can take some much stronger supplements if you sort of feel that that's not going to be very easy to keep in on a daily basis. And that's super brilliant at bringing down inflammation um, and just, you know, it's just so much research behind turmeric and inflammation. But you want to get a really potent one if you're going to get a, a supplement. I'm thrilled to announce that Alice Straker is going to be season four of my podcast sponsor. AliceStraker.com is just gorgeous. Go and take a look at her website. Alice is a really talented artist and she has put her art onto a range of linens, pottery, prints, tableware and wallpaper. And I just think it's really, really gorgeous. I have a couple of mugs, which I use all the time. Her tea towels use the most beautiful, beautiful quality linen. I can highly, highly recommend them. If you use the code at checkout, ask Charlie10, you get 10% off her entire collection. So I really hope you love it as much as I do. And then, you know, omega-3, you know, let's see, I think your husband's a fishmonger. Or, yes, you know, exactly. There's lots of fish. Simon the Fishman. Yeah. Exactly. So the omega-3 is brilliant. You've got salmon, you've got trout, you've got mackerel, you've got sardines, you've got, you know, anchovies. You know, there's all, and even prawns and scallops and things like that all contain lots of lovely omega-3. So that's brilliant, again, at dialing down that inflammation. And, um, you know, some people are vegan or vegetarian or, you know, just can't eat fish. You can get marine algae-based um, oils, which are, again, very anti-inflammatory. And those can be really helpful to just, again, weave into the diet if you've got this. Because, you know, you, it's something that your kids may have, you know, difficulties as they're growing puberty is a big time yeah. when yeah when when things start kicking in in terms of the pain so it's just I'm good so to be pleased that I'm aware of it as they're going mm. through it because um I had no idea and actually when I was going through puberty I was put on bed rest I was given Valium and sleeping pills oh my goodness um wow and put off all sport and developed osteoporosis gosh that's so extreme, I, isn't it? When I was 20, I broke some ribs um, when I had a chest infection. I then was referred to a nutritionist who then referred me to a rheumatologist. And I just happened to say to him, is it normal that I, these are my party tricks? Is it normal that I can do these things? And he said, show me. And he was horrified. So I was sent straight up to, to Professor Graham, um, Mm. Uh, and and then diagnosed so I'm really pleased that I'm on it and aware for our children um yeah and the link with reflux as well I had absolutely horrific heartburn when I was pregnant the last few months of my pregnancy I had to sleep sitting up and the children had severe silent reflux and there was nothing silent about it um they screamed no, they screamed and screamed and screamed <laughs> yeah one of the loveliest things um if you ever have another baby or when they have their babies um because i think you've got at least one girl haven't you yes um yeah and um and is quince quince you know those lovely yes. sort of pear-shaped fruit in the autumn yeah oh my god there's been such great research that so there used to be some there used to be a medication called ranitidine 
Um, yes, they had to take it I off the market it. because well, it was a bit of a shocker. And um, but anyway, they the research that was done at the time before initiative was taken was shown to have equal um, effect on reflux in pregnancy and in young babies compared with ranitidine without the side effects wow and all you need is to you go you know in the autumn and how do you have to collect how do you quince. take the quince how do you could you would literally turn it into a quince jelly or a quince well, i mean i have i'm obsessed with making quince jelly this is so bizarre i've probably got 30 jars of quince jelly um here <laughs> because i make it every you need to time. sell it on it um, you need to sell it on your site with along with your jam yeah um, I don't have everyone that gets reflux to put it on but I normally give it to special friends and enjoy it ourselves but yes that's amazing to know that and all you need is a sort of heat teaspoon whenever you're feeling a bit refluxy magic absolute pure gold it's brilliant medlar works pretty well too um, yeah. but quince is better Mm -hmm. I find nature so fascinating. It's just incredible that we have so much here that we don't know about and we don't use. You know, the benefits of dandelions and chamomile and, you know, things like that. I think it's so important to sort of share the knowledge and, um, and the benefits. I got really laughed at for picking I dandelions and making dandelion tea, but it's so good for you. It is so good for you. Dandelions are great at stabilizing your Marcel, so the histamine response. They're really good for your liver. So I think you've made it for a friend who'd had a little bit too much to drink. Um, so, you know, it's absolutely brilliant. It's good for the kidneys. So if you've got, you get UTIs regularly, you know, they're great things. And, you know, why not try those that are free? They're probably on your doorstep rather than going to buy some expensive medicine that you have no idea what the side effects are going to be. Um, yeah. And, you know, just see if they make a difference. And if you're a little bit sceptical, you're thinking, not sure, you can always go and buy a dandelion tea bag, you know, and try yeah. that. And with a little bit of honey, usually it just takes, you know, some of these herbs are a little bit better, but the dandelion and nettle are not. They're actually delish um, and so good for you. And I just think we've I think what it is, is the way the medical system is right now. It's been so stretched for so long is they're not interested in people with minor conditions that much yeah. you know at the end of the day any &E is still amazing cancer treatments incredible but you know just these little things and I think it's important to have a little armory at home because you want you and your children to have it's just so boring when someone's just you know sniffing all the time or yeah. feeling fatigued or run down or it just you know it affects the whole family it's like a ripple effect isn't it yes yeah um no, and really um, I just think it's wonderful to have these little remedies just to be yeah. able to make a bit bit of a difference and you know it might it could well help it may not help entirely um and sometimes you have to be a bit more patient it's not like just you know taking a paracetamol and the headache goes away straight away um, you need more but um, you know you might need to take it for a bit longer but it's just great to incorporate these things into your life and some of the things you might find really delicious and uplifting yeah yeah absolutely I mean definitely I mean, I think dandelion tea is delicious um, and, and really soothing and calming um, mm. and, and chamomile as well um, it's interesting because I can't take any antihistamine because of the extreme fatigue I literally have narcoleptic moments. If I take any antihistamine, I've been over the years, been to the doctor and said, you know, these are making me really, really drowsy. 
Um, and he's recommended various ones, prescribed various things, and I can't take any of them. And and drive. Um, Gosh. So, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, this is not a recommendation, but just a sort of idea is, you know, the quercetin, which, as I said, yeah. comes from the foods like apples and red onions. So you could try those first. And pea shoots. I mean, pea shoots yeah, are amazing. Really good. But then, um, you know, maybe consider a supplement and that just might help because what happens is the antihistamines work on um, they're usually H1 blockers or H2 blockers, which means they work on histamine one or histamine two pathway. But actually something like quercetin works on all four pathways. So it can really help to stabilize things. And then vitamin C is really good at stabilizing as well. And magnesium. So usually the first three things that we would put in, if someone's sort of hypermobile and histaminic, we would put in quercetin, vitamin C and magnesium in supplement form just to kind of get some scaffolding in. And yeah. then slowly the diet can sort of take over, but take it's just over. good to have that support. And also just there are certain times of year when, you know, you don't want to be seizing and sniffling. You know, there might be an event that you're going to and, you know, and it, it's just, you know, you're just it, you, you're there with hundreds of tissues. It's not particularly nice or not very attractive. <laughs> no. <laughs> Snorting away. Simon called me the other day to Miss Piggy in bed. <laughs> I was... Oh, so, uh, it's really so tough fun. because histamine histamine builds up during the day so very often people are more sneezy and itchy at night and very hot at night so yeah um that's the histamine kind of but the body just desperately trying to get rid of it yeah yeah and it's funny I mean I try to eat very well and, and have a really healthy diet but when my hay fever's bad I crave all the wrong things it's bizarre you know fizzy drinks like and biscuits and things like that which then make me feel even worse so it's a vicious circle I don't know why I crave those things when I have bad hay fever but I do every year what's really annoying is that some of the healthiest foods are more histaminic than the, the and they're often the summer foods so things like oranges strawberries spinach avocados tomatoes all those glorious summer foods can just be a terror for the histamine yeah so yeah. they can tip you over more easily so I I mean I've got some background histamine issues and I can eat tomatoes now and I can eat avocado but I can't eat too much yeah. I'm very mindful that if I've had a big sort of tomato-y avocado-y sort of supper or something I will probably take some quercetin before bed because I know I'll be hot at night that's yeah that's fascinating it's amazing how how the body works and and um has reactions to things at different times of the year absolutely so my worst time of year historically I've, I've sorted it out now but historically was sort of October November because it's more I'm more sensitive to molds so it was you know when the the leaves are dropping and sort of mold is forming where, where they've dropped on on the ground that was the work and the, you know the whole house is we've got an old cold house it's getting you know it's not a damp house but you know it's just those mold spores were and so I used to just be terrible then but I've done a lot of work on my system so I've had a couple of years without that which has been really great but um you know we can you can it takes time it's a lot of effort sometimes you go through dips where you think is this ever working will I ever be able to drink a glass of wine in October or November will I ever be able to eat tomatoes then etc and now I can you know and and yeah. and actually 
so it's just because what happens is um, the system just gets overwhelmed um, yes. by whatever the allergen is. And then you can help to stop that response to the allergen. And then you can help that sort of overwhelm from the rest of the body. And then over time, your body, as I said, deals with it better. So, yeah. um, so, but it, it is, it is one of those things that um, with naturopathy, it's more of a long-term goal rather than a sort of short-term win. Yeah. And I think today we want everything now, don't we? We want mm. quick fixes. We expect quick fixes. It seems to be sort of part of our, um, I don't know, we just want everything quick, quick, quick. It's a today's society and actually you have to have patience and continuity and stick with things. And I found that with exercise because with, with the, you know, my muscles and the way I am, the more I do, the better I am. But it took a long time to build up my strength to get to a certain level and then maintain it. You know, it, it, took, it took a few years. Yes, absolutely. Because I think what happens is, especially us, you know, so hypermobile people is you've got you want to do you sort of see other people doing kind of ultra runs or you know in the gym doing big stuff. And you think, I just can't do that. Am I ever going to be fit? Am I ever going to achieve that? And it's all, as you said, it's low and slow and you will get there over time, whatever your, you know, your goal is. Um, and it's great. And it's all about just not it, it and finding that that right team to help you, you know whether it's a someone who's able to guide you with the exercises that are going to work for you um yeah. and I think that's yeah. really important it is really important and it's it's the same you know with with food really and I think you've seen the changes that you've made to your body and how you can now cope with the autumn so much better than you could before and it's it then gives you that drive to keep going, doesn't it? When you see absolutely happening, it gives you the motivation to to persevere. But I um I do worry that people, you know, expect to see huge results after a week with things or want that instant fix. I think that there are, you know, things that you can do that can make quite a difference straight away. But I think what it is is helping to so you don't have to experience that kind of wave of inflammation every time you're exposed to you know the pollen or the mold or whatever it might be um and you know it's it's having that confidence that your you know your joints or your bones or whatever are going to be able to cope with the exercise that you're doing and yeah. so I think it's it's all about so you I think you do feel better but it's more like oh my god I really feel better and I think we all well, so many of us are guilty of allowing ourselves to bring, get multiple symptoms before we start listening to our bodies. Yeah. You know, lots of things are sort of shutting down before you actually make it. Because, oh, yes, you know, I'm going through the menopause, everyone's tired. Or yes, you know what I mean? All these things. And actually, it doesn't need to be. But um, it's amazing what our brains accept. Yes. And put up um, with Mm. but you know again our bodies are evolving all the time and you know we've all gone through different stages of life you know whether you're pregnant or breastfeeding or perimenopausal or you know whatever it might be we're all going through different stages of life and so it's again we need to adapt around what our bodies need now yeah 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 it's fascinating um ADHD um 
it, it seems to be sort of a hot topic of, of conversation at the moment. There's lots of chat about it. And I know that, that you have done a lot of research. Can you make change it, you know, big changes through food um, to symptoms? So, yes, I fundamentally believe so. Um, so I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 31. My husband was also diagnosed. He was diagnosed two years before me. And actually, our first date, he'd just been diagnosed. We'd known each other for a long time, so it wasn't like the most random first conversation you have in a date. But, you know, you know. so he just told me. And, I, and you know, it was just sort of in the back of my mind, maybe. And then having had our first baby and, you know, the chaos that ensues having had a baby, I, I wasn't coping very much. And he said, I think you need to have, you should go and, you know, be assessed. And, you know, so I, I did get a diagnosis, but he didn't get on very well with the medication. So I decided I didn't want to even go down that route. And I also wanted to have another baby and I didn't want to kind of, you know, get into go along that pathway. So I did a lot of work with my nutrition and his nutrition. And actually the most important thing that still is sort of my biggest mantra when it comes to ADHD is balancing your blood sugars. So making yeah. sure that you don't have these blood sugar highs and lows and it's absolutely been a game changer so having quite a high protein diet sort of low-ish carbohydrate diet so we're not super strict but um so this morning I had this quite random breakfast but um I have really good cottage cheese and then lots of lovely berries and a little bit of maple syrup or something and some nuts and seeds so it's you have the yogurt but you know I do get on yogurt it's just sometimes the histamine gets a bit too much of the mm. yogurt for me and then lunch was a sort of, I did a kind of um, egg and chickpea flour kind of omelette with lots of lovely um, kind of veggies in there, some lots of lovely coriander and a bit of feta. And that was delish. Mm -hmm. So sort of having quite a high-ish protein diet, but lots of veggies as well, made a massive difference to all of us. And so two of our kids have ADHD. Um, so, um, and none of us have been medicated and we've all done really, really well. So our eldest is, you know, came up with a, amazing degree last year having you know aged five or six being told he would never really be able to write or you know he has severe dyspraxia and ADD and he you know he's he had just just nailed it you know great university great degree really exciting he's now working he's a really sort of self-competent young man um and so you know I think it really does make a difference and you know obviously along the way I we've taken various supplements and some things help and some things not so much so we've experimented but what we did was um um, which is still very much available. Um, and um, But we have created a couple of months ago an online course, Nutrition for ADHD. It's seven weeks. It's approximately an hour each week, so it's just shy of seven hours. Um, and it's had such great feedback. The mums and parents that have been on it loved it. Some young sort of, some young sort of like early 20s have also been on the course or sort of mums mm. have got their young young teenagers to sort of join bits and pieces and it's been great and so just talking about the whole thing you know all about ADHD how the nutrition really works we've got a great interview with a psychiatrist that we work a lot very closely with you know and sort of exercises you can do and you know just diet anyway it, we've really enjoyed doing it and um and because you know and actually my husband really helped with it too he did all the filming and the editing and so forth and they said you know our two ADHD brains came together to do it and um, 
And yeah, and it's been super. So I think there is a massive amount of things you can do and whether you're medicated or not. So the great thing is, well, the unfortunate thing is when someone is medicated for ADHD or methylphenidate or whatever it might be, it can really suppress the appetite. So it can really put out those blood sugars and a yeah. lot of young kids don't grow very fast because they're, you know, they're not eating as much as they should. So there's a lot of info there to help with that. Um, yeah, because that's, that's obviously, amazing, yeah can, can I link to the course down below in the show notes thank you, you that would be super thank that you that would be amazing because I think um you know there's so much talk about it at the moment and it makes total sense you know if you're eating not a brilliant diet and your insulin levels are spiking that's going to trigger you to not feel great well you're going to be unfocused gonna you're going effect, to be yeah absolutely I mean I find that if my blood sugars are out, I mean, my mum had both type one and type two diabetes. So very wow. strange combination. Yeah. So yeah. she was, and, um, you know, when I, when I'm dysregulated, you know, when my blood sugars are all over the place, I'm very scattered. I'm very ungrounded. I find it really difficult to sort of settle. Um, you end up doom scrolling on social media because there's not, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and you just end up, just being so unproductive and but when I've had a really good breakfast and they you know, really eat well I just I'm super productive and people say how do you do it you know so it's almost like the opposite it's literally polar opposite and yeah. it impacts on a daily basis but also in the long term it helps with your sleep it helps with so many different things yeah oh it's thank you so much for talking to us about that it's um it's been fascinating Lucinda um you know having this conversation with you and a huge thank you for your time and for coming on um it's been really really insightful and I'm, I will link to your book as well down below because um I highly highly recommend the good stuff um by Lucinda Charlie, thank you so much. It's been super fun talking to you. And thank you so much for being so candid about your issues that you've had over the years. I had no idea that you ticked the boxes for so many things so that many we look things. at all the time. But I think it's so important to share because it helps other people um, you know, in, in different ways. It, it might not be relevant to them, but they might know somebody or, or whatever. And I think um, sharing is really, really important. And I have... Really, it's got nothing to hide so I'm happy to talk about it <laughs> in the hope that, that it will help you know a little bit like you um talking about having ADHD that's so helpful but and I think people immediately hear that diagnosis and you know think of it in a negative way but actually you can flip it around and and as you and your husband have done and have created this sort of wonderful business no, it's been super fun. You know, we have great, you know, have brains that can think out of the box. And I think that's a really wonderful skill to have. And there are real positives when your brain isn't going dingle, dangle, dingle, dangle and distracted and, <laughs> and all of the <laughs> other not things. eating the right foods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, listen, to, I'm going to leave all your details down below um, for those that want to sort of, you know, find out more if they don't already know about you. Um, and that course sounds really, really fascinating. So thank you for talking to us about that. Um, yeah, it's been brilliant. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Lucinda. I found it fascinating. I love her energy. I love her enthusiasm and I love the way she does things. She puts so much research and time and 
care into all the things that she does. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Busy House, Happy Home. I would be really grateful if you are enjoying my podcast if you would just take a moment to hit the subscribe button it helps other people know that we exist and I would be so grateful of that and leave me a review the more subscribers we have the more episodes I can put on for you so please just take a moment and hit the subscribe button